Hello, welcome to You Are My Borough, myself, Dom Shaw and Scott Wilson, both of the Northern Echo, on the back of an emphatic statement weekend and victory for Borough, Scott. You can't really ask much more than that, can you? No, I, I, you really can't, can you? I mean, results-wise, obviously, you know, um, just completely dominant, but the performance, really, the goals, the passing play, the build-up play, you know, th this is a Borough side now that is just great to watch, isn't it? You know, take... Take away the promotion battle and, and the hopes of the top two that I'm sure we'll get into again in a minute and, and the fact that, you know, results at this stage of the season are clearly massively important. Just turning up to watch this side at the minute is a real treat, whether it's away at Swansea when, you know, they, they, they played some brilliant stuff despite uh, falling behind. And then obviously at the weekend when they pretty much dominated from start to finish. And um, and again, you know, just played some really, really great football. And, and that's what I think fans are really excited about at the minute. Yes, we want promotion, but it's just great at the minute to watch it. You know, a predominantly young side clearly enjoying themselves, playing really good football. Absolutely, yeah. Um, thanks again for joining us. Thanks for watching last week. We, as promised last week, we've got a couple of guests lined up for the international break, so they'll be coming over the course of the next fortnight. Um, like, subscribe, send us any questions, as we as we say every week. Uh, coming up today, we're going to have a chat about that Preston game, talk about Sheffield United, naturally, um, compare <laughs> the runnings of both, um, and, and, and obviously just have a chat about the internationals as well. Um, before we start, Scott, bit of a random one. Um, I, I was listening to uh, a pod yesterday and it was looking back on the weekend and Antonio Conte's rant after Spurs yes. Southampton 3, Spurs 3. You've been in the game long enough. What what what's the biggest and best press conference rant you've been involved with? Well, I was in I was in the Joe Kinnear one. Oh, the yeah, infinite, yeah. legendary Joe Kinnear Newcastle one. So that's the one that immediately stands out um, from a northeast perspective. I mean, you know, the, the expletive laden first meeting with Joe Kinnear was just incredible. It was like, my goodness, what's going on here? So that one stands out. Um I think borough-wise, probably there was two or three with Itor that, that would really stand out, I think. Certainly towards the end, there was one, wasn't there, towards the end when, for the first time, he made it abundantly clear that he wasn't really happening with what, happy with what was going on behind the scenes, transfer-wise. He wasn't getting what he was getting. It was right at the end of the that January window, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, it was, yeah. Um, and and that, that stands out as being one that was um that, that that really felt kind of this is this is the end now you know this is the end game playing out and that's how it proved um a surreal one was the one when I all went missing that yeah. that that whole weekend was just bizarre really when obviously um it didn't do the game down in London um and and the whole kind of thing you didn't really know who was coming in you didn't really know what we were going to say we we kind of had a you know from sources and everything we kind of knew what was happening with Itor but that was a really really strange one um and then and then i mean the 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 ones also that stand out are the Strachan ones just because he was a really hard guy to warm to yeah exactly <laughs> yeah yeah hard from a press point of view just hard from a personal point of view really that um, I, I found him really difficult to build any kind of rapport with um, and have any kind of, you know, warmth with all the... You just felt like he was constantly trying to trip you up, find you out, which, okay, fine, if that's the way you want to do it, but 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 in a really condescending way. And, yeah, I found that really difficult. What about you? 
on the just quickly then on the opposite yeah. to that um and and i guess this ties in with the fact we're going to um neil warnock's huddersfield town next week but yeah. warnock was great during that lockdown wasn't he in the zoom press conferences i yeah. i always remember the game when borough were postponed over christmas and boxing day i think and Warnock did a press conference anyway because he knew we'd have we'd have stuff to do. Yeah, I mean, he was just so who, were the best, who were the best you've you've dealt with then. Warnock will be right up there from a from a press point of view, definitely because he just knew the game so well. He, he, he knew how to play. He knew what you needed, um, and also he was just a nice, friendly guy. And that that's a lot of it. Just someone who'll have a bit of a chat with you, take a bit of interest in you. You can have a bit of chat with them about things wider than football and fur and things. And that, that you know, because if you're seeing these people two or three times a week, you do build up some kind of a relationship. And it's nice to have, to be able to talk about life in general, what's going on. And Warnock was certainly like that. And like you say, the Zoom period was really difficult. You know, we didn't spend a lot of time in a room with Neil Warnock, really, for all the time he was here. And yet, on this medium, he was absolutely brilliant. Certainly better than probably the other managers who I encountered that time doing the same things where it was a bit more stilted and a bit more difficult. So he'd stand out. Um, I mean, I know it obviously didn't go particularly well for him at the end of Borough, but it was, you know, Gareth was just so nice as well. Such a, you know, such a nice, friendly, polite bloke, wanted to take an interest in the job you were doing, wanted to help. Um, so, so he, you know, he was... He was really good. Um, I mean, I, I always got on quite well with McLaren. I always thought Steve McLaren was good value in a press conference. Yeah, he could be prickly at times. And obviously, there were, you know, real ups and downs during his Borough career. But, um, but no, I, you know, I, I have a lot of time for Steve and, you know, I still do. And I think um, I, I look back on his time as Borough boss as a really good one as a press man. Warnock once turned up in your village on his bike, didn't he? As promised. Repeat- in a, in yeah, repeatedly. Conference. Yeah, it was brilliant, actually. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, he used to drive his bike kind of round and round and he, he had these few little routes and we got talking and it turned out that one of them pretty much went through my village, which is um, kind of near Yarm. Um, and uh, and anyway, the, the, the woman in the village shop is a massive Borough fan, goes to all the games, loves the players, loves Warnock, loves all of it. And I said, oh, it would absolutely make her day if you could turn up at, at the village shop kind of unannounced. Right, OK, I'll do it. Sure enough, literally the next day, um, I, I wasn't there, but by all accounts, she's, she's called a Vaughn. And um, she, she watch, she'll be watching this, actually. She, uh, she is a she is a You Are My Borough subscriber, or she tells me she is, so she better add me. Um, <laughs> but he, he turns up in the shop and uh, kind of completely announced, just flings open the door. Right, who's Yvonne? <laughs> <laughs> and there they go. There they go. So, yeah, yeah, happy days. Oh, dear. Brilliant. There aren't too many managers in the top two tiers who spend the days off belting around the villages on the uh, on the bikes there's and not, calling in. No, there's not. Saying hello to Borough fans, exactly. Yeah. More Warnock chat next week, no doubt. As Borough no doubt. Tonight, no tonight doubt. game at Huddersfield. Um, before we look forward then, let's look back. That Preston yeah. game. Um, the, the Reading win was obviously hugely emphatic. And yet, with respect, it was against a team that were smarting from the news that they were going to have points yeah. deducted, were struggling in the league, have a wretched away record, Preston were unbeaten in seven, the manager Ryan Lowe was talking about playoffs. This has to go down as one of the most impressive and emphatic victories of the season. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. For those reasons, as you rightly say, that you know this was against a side who were on the up, were coming full of confidence, and like you say, had admittedly outside, but but an outside chance of sneaking into the playoffs had they been able to get a result. Um, 
and 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 it was just a performance that that, that you know Borough dominated from start to finish. That was the thing. At, at no stage in the game um, were they really knocked out of their stride. They played the football they wanted to play, and I think that's what's been one of the most impressive things under Michael Carrick. That you know he's coming with it with a way that he wants to play, a style that he wants to play. Um, you know, possession-based, front foot, but possession with a purpose, um, being effective in the final third, you know, high energy, high work rate. Um, and, and and that's stayed pretty much constant through every game Borough have played. And, and that's impressive. Now, you know, let's see if that's still the case when the real, real crunch comes. But everything suggests that it will be. You know, like I think it was you were saying on a pod the other week, we're not going to see Zach Steffen all of a sudden lumping it 80 yards because the pressure's on and they need to get rid of it. Borough play a certain way now, um, and every player knows their role in that, and every player knows how they're, they're meant to you know, build up from the back. Um, and at the minute, it's enabling them to get a real dominance over teams early in a game. Even in that Swansea game when they went to go behind, Borough was still the dominant team in that first half in terms of dictating possession, dictating the tempo, dictating the pace of the play. Maybe a little wobble for five minutes after Swansea scored, but that was it. And then again with Preston, Borough imposed their style of play on the opposition. And and that must be great as a manager, being able to watch your side do that. It, it's funny, isn't it? Because last week we talked about, or, or you made the point that if Akpom stopped scoring... Um, it wouldn't be the end of the world. Now, obviously, mm. Borough don't want that to happen, but but they've got scorers everywhere. You look at Cameron Archer yeah. getting a couple of goals, um, Marcus yeah. Foss scoring again. And it feels like every week, you know, we've been in press conference after games, every week, it's like, well, what can I ask about Tuba Akpom that I haven't asked yeah. before? What can I ask about the January signs that I haven't asked before? Which, yeah. is, which is credit, isn't it? To the fact that Borough are just rolling on and there's no real dramas. It's just... That, that's exactly it. Like crazy. you said, normally, certainly in a press conference before a game, you're looking to pick away at the little issues that are bubbling under the surface that you know are there and that have the potential to become something really much bigger. Um, and you're right, at the minute with Borough, it's... How have you turned Tuber Akpom around? <laughs> how how good could Cameron Archer actually be? How difficult is it choosing between Force and Ramsey and McGree? You know, it's it's first world problems, isn't it? It's <laughs> um, it's uh, absolutely yeah. You know, now you know that's not to say that there's not going to be injuries along the way. That's not going to be say that that issues will not crop up because they inevitably do in football. But um, but no, you're right. At the minute, um, it just is going kind of so, so smoothly and so well that you just want this season to carry on rolling and carry on rolling because the way things are going at the minute, you know, it's um, it, it's hard to see where the real bumps in the road are going to come from. Let's hope that and stays away. You made the point in the intro there where you said it, it, it probably the most entertaining Borough team or the most pleasing on the eye we've seen yeah. in, you know, God knows how long. It does feel like every week there's, there's a, almost a new record. So it's, you know... Yeah. Akpom, the first to get 20. Akpom, the Riverside goal scorer. Borough goals scored. What is it the most now since the since the Merson promotion season? Yeah. Um, yeah. It, it feels like that, doesn't it? Now, you forget that it's only three or four years ago that Borough, over the course of two or three managers, had a wretched problem with scoring goals, oh, didn't they? Pulis, yeah. Woodgate, Warnock. And Warnock made the point, didn't he, when he came in that, this yeah. is something that goes back three and four years really, now. Really, it was yeah. a problem that they just couldn't shake off. And yeah. yet now, um, again, Burnley aside, perhaps, you, 
there probably isn't a team you'd rather watch as they're in the championship. No, absolutely. And so I think two things on that. One, I think I think that's why this feels a little bit different to the Karanka team and the Karanka promotion season because, listen, that side played some attractive football at times. You know, I think there's a perception that they were constantly dour and defensive. They weren't. You know, that promotion season, they had some really entertaining wins. But... I don't think there's any kind of denying the fact that Aitor Karanka's kind of default setting was keep it tight, relatively conservative, be incredibly well organised. It's pragmatic, and, wasn't it? Exactly, and we'll we'll pick teams off where we think we can, um, and it worked, and it got Borough promoted, and obviously it didn't work in the Premier League. Um, the difference with this team, I think, is that it's much more front foot, it's much more expansive, it's much more right. What 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 are our weapons to be able to hurt the opposition? Let's maximise them. Let's let's impose what we do on the opposition rather than take a step back and say how do we stop this team playing so I think that's one thing and then you're right I think I think you hit the nail on the head with what you just said a couple of minutes ago in terms of the difference in some ways between I got the feeling with those Borough teams that were struggling to score goals that the 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 feeling that the that the answer always was well who's the, who's the big money number nine who we can bring in What's British Sombolonga doing? He should be leading the line. He should be scoring. The goal. Who's who's the figurehead? Because if they're not scoring the goals, then we're in big trouble. Like I say, I think the difference with this team is, yes, you've got a figurehead there now in Cameron Archer. But even before Borough got him in, when, say, Moniz was leading the line or Force was leading the line or Crooks was having to play up there, you still felt that there were a lot of attacking options and a lot of ways that Borough could unpick an opposition defence and score a goal. Whereas in those other years, it, I got the impression that it felt an awful lot like, well, if our central number nine's not doing it, we're knackered. And it's funny, isn't it? earlier this season, I, I remember putting out on Twitter and asking whether Ryan Giles was was the best Borough loan signing since Patrick Bamford. And then a few made the point of Gaston the year later, which is fair enough. And yet now there's every chance that come the end of the season, you you, you might deem Giles to not be the best loan signing this season if Archer continues yeah. to make the impact he had. Now, you know, you, you only look at Giles' assist. Is it 11 for the season now? Yeah, um, you know, top of the top of the championship charts by a comfortable distance, which, you, yeah. you know, yeah, absolutely. I, I mean... I know, I know he's, I know he's had his wobbles and his moments, but there's probably an argument you need to throw Stefan in amongst that as well because it's been a while since Borough have had a, a, a keeper who has been so kind of, you know, so well would be contending to be one of the best goalkeepers in the league. I don't think that's a leap of faith, is it? Now, like I say, yes, there's been wobbles, yes, there's been an odd mistake along the way, but he's absolutely integral now to the way that Borough want to build up from the back and. He's had a really good last month, I think. All right, the defence in front of him has played really well, but I think he'd be in that conversation as well. So you've got you've got Stefan, you've got Giles, and you've got Archer, three loan signers, and Ramsey, who admittedly hasn't had as much of a chance. So, you know, let's throw him in, though. Four loan signings who, um, you know, have just worked superbly well. And one in Muniz that hasn't. <laughs> on, 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 the, on the back of a 4-0 win... Um... You would normally say uh, the last thing you want is an international break. You want to just keep going. You want the momentum of of, of that victory. Um, and yet it feels like this is probably a nice break to build up before, right, the last push now. Here we go. It, almost like the calm before the storm, doesn't it? it, it yeah, like I, I think I agree with that. Of the result. Yeah, yeah, I think I agree with that. Time. I mean, there is an argument that, yeah, you just want Borough to keep rolling on because they're on this great run. They're full of confidence, et cetera, et cetera. But... 
I don't see why that that is going to change just because they don't have a game in these next two weeks. You know, nobody else is playing, so it's not like their league position is going to change or anything. So yeah, listen, there's eight games left, isn't there? It's a, it's an eight game block now, and like you say, this is a chance refresh the batteries, a uh, little bit of this on the training ground, a little bit of R and R, start building up from there, and then you're into eight games. Which let's be honest, you know, especially with the double header over Easter, they're going to be gone in the blink of an eye, really. Um, so no, I I. I I don't think this is a bad little break for Burrow, to be honest. I think it, it just gives them the chance, like you say, to to take stock a little bit, take a step back and then say, right, OK, one last really big push and we can do this here. Let's let's talk fixtures then and running, yeah. as we inevitably will every every week between now and the end of the season. Before we do, there was there was reports over the weekend that Sheffield United were, were going to go into administration and that would mean a points deduction, yeah. which would obviously have an impact on Borough. Just quickly, Stephen Bettis, the uh, Sheffield United CEO, uh, said at the weekend, we are not going to admi into administration is the answer. There is not even a threat. Let's be brutally honest. If you look at the championship, everyone knows every club is running as tight as they can to the wire because the reality is the amount you invest in the first team makes results. Um and then he goes on to to re-emphasise the point that they're not going into administration. So, um, a points deduction yeah. looks unlikely there. Um, it does. It does. I mean, listen, I mean, he's kind of right in the Championship, isn't he? We've seen Wigan. There's an awful lot of talk about Reading and what's going to happen there. Um, and then, obviously, there was the Sheffield United talk. I mean, you know, there's clearly off-field issues at that club that have never properly been resolved since the days when the, um, you know, the two kind of prospective owners were going head-to-head -head and the whole thing went to court and it was an almighty mess. Um, you know, it feels like this is probably still a little bit of a hangover of what was going on there. Um, so, you know, in some ways, there's no smoke without fire. There's clearly issues there. There's been, you know, transfer issues, et cetera, et cetera. But... You've got to take that on face value, haven't you? You've got to take on face value that the, the head of that organisation is coming out and categorically saying, look, you know, we're aware of what's been said about this, but we are not going to go into administration. So, um, yeah, I mean, you know, listen, Borough, Borough can't really be worrying themselves about what is no. or isn't happening there. You know what I mean? I mean, Sheffield United now obviously have a Wembley semi-final look forward to. You would imagine this cup run will have brought in a reason, reasonable amount of revenue already. It's going to bring in a fair bit more when they get half the gate receipts for a... Wembley semi-final, so that's got to help them a bit as well. Um, no, I mean, you know, I guess it, it, it's not helpful to Sheffield United, is it, to have all this going around? That's all you would say, to, to have any suggestion or any rumours or any, you know, stories flying around. It, it, it's not helpful when, you, when you're in the real business end of the season. So I guess Borough just have to say, OK, that's going on. Maybe it won't help them, but we've just got to get on and do our stuff. Before we look at Sheffield United's fixtures and Boroughs that are running yeah. across the bottom of the screen now, um, what what do you make of the running? Where are, where are the dangers? Where are the opportunities? Yeah. Um, I mean, that Birmingham home game looks huge, doesn't it? Straight it's a classic. It's a classic championship mixed bag, though, isn't it? I mean, you know, let's start with the first game back. Huddersfield away on paper, you're playing a side who have been pretty wretched all season have still been getting some wretched results since Warnock went in. And yet, um, they've shown, you know, real signs of life in the last couple of weeks with a couple of results. They're absolutely fighting and scrapping for their lives. Um, Borough have a mixed record at the John Smith Stadium, probably at best. They have won down there, but I've also seen them turn in some pretty abject displays there, normally in howling wind and rain and mist and fog and God knows what else. Um, so, you know, I, I, I don't think, listen, 
Borough will start as favourites, but it's not necessarily easy. Then, obviously, we go at the Easter doubleheader, which is going to be massive, isn't it? Burnley at home, Bristol City away. Um, I mean, Burnley, Burnley, if they beat, if they've beaten Sunderland, um, I think I'm right in saying that if Burnley have beaten Sunderland and Sheffield United haven't won, then Burnley would get promoted that night. They need three wins at the minute, but if Sheffield United weren't to win, they would only need two wins. Um, so e- either way, they're going to be on the verge of it, aren't they? Um, and that, ta- that so- takes me back to the night when Southampton came aboard to get promoted and, and Marouam Zamama free kick ruined the yes. party for them. I think it was yeah. Nigel Adkins who was in charge of them at the time, maybe. I think. Yeah, Marouam Zamama. Yeah, that, yeah, that Easter that Easter weekend looks big. Although I do yeah. feel that that Burnley game, um, there'll be a real sense of occasion at the Riverside. Yeah, yeah. It'll be absolutely yeah, balanced yeah. when it's on the box now, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah it you, is. Yeah, yeah, you, yeah. You, you, you fancy Burrell take this as not take that as an opportunity to say, right, let's show how good we really are. You know, let's show how much we have we have uh, changed and improved this season. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, no, I, I completely agree. Um, and I mean, it's interesting that Burnley have only lost twice this season, haven't they? And one of those, they got pretty much hammered at Sheffield United, didn't they? Yeah. In a similar kind of game where Bramall Lane was bouncing, it felt like a chance for Sheffield United to show they were the real deal. So, no, I mean, that'll be, you know, that'll be a great occasion and a great night. Bristol City away, what, three days later, two days later, will be difficult. Um and then, obviously, you've got the two back-to-back home games, Norwich and Hull, which, depending, obviously, to a certain degree on what's happened, you know, they could be decisive. That could be the point where Borough, if Borough can take six points from those two home games, then that might all of a sudden put them in the driving seat going into the last three, of which Luton away stands out as a really, yeah. yeah, a really potentially decisive and obviously difficult game. Um I mean, you know, Luton, Luton are a different prospect at Kenilworth Road than on the road in general. Um, you know, it's um, it's a really tight, it's all the cliches, isn't it? Really tight, old-fashioned ground. You would imagine that really whatever happens, Luton will probably be going into that with their playoff hopes still to a degree up in the air. It's going to be a really big game for them. It's going to be a really big game for Borough. So, yeah, that's that's got the look of a, of a really big game. And then... And then you're running Rotherham away, Coventry home. I mean, Rotherham away on paper, it's a pretty nice last away game, isn't it? You, you would take that, I think, although obviously um, remains to be seen what Rotherham are kind of playing for and fighting for then. And then Coventry at home, could be that Coventry need to win that to get in the playoffs themselves. Could be that they're already out of it by then. I think that one, to a degree, will depend a little bit on the state of things, won't it? Do Abba going into that needing to win it? Have Coventry got anything to play for? That's a bit further down the line. But yeah, the Easter doubleheader, those two home games back to back, and then the Luton away game feels like kind of three massive chunks. It's uh, the say, don't they, that what you want in a running is is teams that ideally have nothing to play nothing for. To play for. Um, you don't want a team that's fighting for the lives. You don't want a team that have to win in promotion or titles or whatever. Um, and when you look at that running for Borough, the only teams that as things stand, look likely to be playing for nothing. Uh, a Bristol City and Hull, and um, Hull. you would imagine... And, and maybe, maybe Coventry on the last day. Yeah, 
yeah. and yet and yet then you think well this is the championship was it was yeah. it last week was it last season and the last day where only one game nothing nothing mattered, nothing mattered uh, and, yeah. and and in every one of the other games there was something up for grabs so yeah the chances you know, that's going to be the case for every team because there's probably only three or four teams in the division that 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 aren't fighting for something there'll be teams yeah. um like Reading, probably Reading and below, especially Reading with a points deduction, who, who were looking nervously over the shoulder. And I mean, Preston were what twelfth going into the weekend, eleventh, twelfth, and they were still talking about the. No, playoff so yeah. that, that's just um, that's just a championship, isn't it? We'll run through Sheffield United's fixtures um, quickly. Norwich away, first game back, which looks tough. Um, their Easter double header is Wigan at home, and then Burnley away. Mm. Uh, then they have Cardiff, Bristol City at home. Huddersfield away, which is obviously the Warnock narrative. But yeah. That comes after, that come that that was the weekend of the FA Cup semi-final, so that'll be rearranged. That'll be moved. Um, okay. Yeah. West Brom home, Preston home, Birmingham away. Um, so what do you what do you yeah. think? What do you think? We we said that Borough would probably want Sheffield United to win that game. They did win that game. They've got a Wembley semi-final now. I mean, does is that a factor in this now? I think it is. I think it is. I think it's got to be. Do you? I think it is because it's what, what we were saying last week. Um, ahead of Newcastle's Carabao Cup final appearance, Eddie Howe spent three weeks saying, you know, we're only focused on the next game. We're not, we don't have eyes on Wembley. There's no distraction. And then in his first press, press conference after the final said, well, of course it was, it was a distraction. You know, yeah. you can't, you can't ignore that. Um, now, in all, in all likelihood, Sheffield United are going to get a good hammering off Man City, aren't they? But that doesn't change the fact that they've got a Wembley semi-final. To well, that, yeah, exactly. It's two things, I think. It's the fact that, you know, it's going to be one of the biggest games of some of their players' lives. It just yeah. is. You know, playing play Manchester City at Wembley. Um, so that's the first thing. That has to be in the back of players' minds. I don't care what you say. It has to be. And then I just think as well... There's a bit of a circus that goes around the whole of the club for these next few weeks. Who can get tickets? Tickets. Yeah. How are the tickets being allocated? How are people getting down to Wembley? Who's making a weekend of it? Are they going to be going to Trafalgar Square? All of that. Now, I know you can say, well, that's fans. Players and, and staff are different. But nah, I think the whole thing just becomes a bit of a, a, a kind of snowball that rolls and rolls and gets bigger and bigger and bigger. And I think it will be a distraction for Sheffield United. I genuinely do. Yeah, I do. I do. And especially, you know, you saying there about the players kind of um, are in their own bubble. Well, Heckingbottom all but admitted really last week that they're not because he was talking about all the fact yeah. that, they were, you know, they were watching they were, this and watching that. Yeah, yeah. And, and it must be difficult for them getting criticised in the city because you can't ignore it when you're in a city like that. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I, I agree with you. I don't think there's... There's any ignoring it, and that Norwich game, their first game back, that that mm. that looks tough. Um, it does, you know. There's every chance. Yeah, that well, I mean, so two two of their first three back are Norwich and Burnley, aren't they? Yeah, yeah. Which, you know, they've not they've not been on a great run playing against the top teams in the last you know month. Sheffield United have they? As we've seen, you know they they've had wobbles against sides who have been up there. So you're loath to make predictions but at this stage you'd imagine that it was it's a better than even money shot that Sheffield United will drop points in at least one of those games I would say I, I would be very surprised if they can come out of the next three games with nine points oh yeah 100% you know really really surprised so 
there's there's going to be a chink there for Borough, I think. It's just a question of, can Borough then get the maximum points to exploit it? If 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 Borough do go up automatically, um, then someone with better skills than me will be able to, to do a great edit chop on all these videos from the last five or six weeks, and we'll be able to make a case of, I told you, Chef, you were yeah. going to... Hopefully no Chef United whiz kids are watching this <laughs> exactly. and, uh, and can get to work. Well, cheers, Scott. Thanks very much. And uh, no as I say, stick with us because we've got plenty uh, of content, Borough content coming uh, on the Northern Echo site and in the paper over the next couple of weeks. Um, and we've got some guests lined up here, uh, hopefully a couple um, before Borough get back to action a week on Saturday. Please like, subscribe, and, and as we say, send us any issues or questions you want us to discuss. Thanks, Scott. Cheers, Dom. Bye, everyone.